Welcome to another episode of Embodied Beauty. And first of all, thank you so much for all of the five-star reviews already rolling in for all of your feedback. It has been so life-giving and so life-affirming and really motivating to keep going and to keep sharing my heart because I have so much to share with you and I'm just going to share in the order of excitement. So it's going to keep on rolling. We're going to keep the good times rolling. My favorite feedback so far has been the girlfriend in my head, and that is exactly my intention and exactly my goal for this podcast is to be the girlfriend in your head because that's exactly what I have been craving. And so I'm thrilled that it's all landing. The transmission is coming through. Okay, today is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I have struggled with weight fluctuations and my relationship to food all my life. And in terms of the weight fluctuations, that was more of a early 20s battle into mid to late 20s. But my relationship with food has always been a topic. It's always been a source of stress. And so I've done a lot of work around this area. And it's not something that I even share that much because, well, for no real apparent reason, I just haven't really had the forum to share, truthfully, but this is the perfect forum to share because a lot of you, I assume, also struggle with this or deal with this or in some form or fashion have had a challenged relationship with food. So I have a lot to talk to you about it, but I'm going to title this episode, Why Diets Fail Without Fail. They always fail, and here's why. I have a lot of reasons as to why, and so we're going to break it down piece by piece. And also, what to do instead. The true and first reason, the real reason I feel that diets fail without fail every time is because the moment you tell yourself that you are not good enough as you are, you get the message that you need to be different in some way in order to be loved, in order to be accepted, in order to be your highest self, the internal you, the real you, the subconscious, the higher conscious, the part of you that just wants to be loved for who you are, rebels. It's like if you hear that you can't have something because you need to look better, or I'm putting air quotes in the air, or appear better in some way or that you're not sexy enough you're not beautiful enough as you are right now you immediately rebel against those rules that you put on yourself so if you tell yourself that you need to eat less food eat less calories whatever it is eat less sugar doesn't matter if your motivation is because you need to be different in some way in order to receive the love that is your birthright that you deserve You will rebel against yourself inherently because you reject that mentality. And that's a good quality in you. The fact that you want to be loved fully for who you are, that's a feminine core quality because the the feminine core woman wants to be loved and cherished fully and completely for who she is right now. Not who she was, not who she could be, not for her potential, for who she is, for who you are. So the moment you tell yourself that you are not good enough and you have to do X, Y, and Z different to look a different way to receive the love that you deserve, you will internally rebel against yourself in that moment. And that's why diets are setting 
you up to fail in the moment of inception. The other reason why diets are designed to fail is that for every moment of restriction, there is an equal and opposite binge. This is a law of the universe that Janine Roth, who I will get to later, one of the relationship, the food relationship experts who I follow, who I have found a lot of peace through, stated that for every diet, there is an equal and opposite binge. It's like, like I said, the law of the universe, what, well, what she said. Because the diets themselves, the restrictive behavior is creating this binge mentality. It's like you can only stave it off for so long. So if you are restricting yourself around sugar, restricting yourself around whatever the thing is that you think is causing weight gain or causing the scale not to budge or whatever, and I suggest you kind of don't go buy scales anyway because they are not taking into consideration your body composition at all. But the moment you start to restrict yourself, you start to want that thing. It starts to feel like, oh, I can't have it. Therefore, it's like extra sexy. It's extra interesting. And now when you let yourself, you finally break your willpower because you can't really control your food intake with willpower. It's, it's doesn't, that's not the internal motivation and we will get to the internal motivation. But once you put something in the I can't have it list, then it's irresistible. Then you can't stop thinking about it. Thinking about it. If I tell you, do not think about a pink elephant right now. Don't think about it. Stop thinking about it. You're not allowed to think about it. All you can think about is that pink elephant. All you can think about is the thing that you're not allowed to have. All you can think about is the 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 thing that's off limits. It makes it extra enticing and extra obsessive. You start to think about it because it's now off limits versus something that is in abundance for you. So I'm going to steal a story from Janine Roth's book, Women, Food, and God. Highly recommend this book if you're having any issues around food or your relationship to food. I also recommend the book Intuitive Eating, and I will link those both in the show notes. So the story I want to tell you is about um, a little girl who had a fixation on uh, about M&Ms. She was obsessed with M&Ms, and her mom was very, very concerned that she was going to have um, a blood sugar problem, and she was going to give herself diabetes. She was going to have a problem, and she was going to gain more and more weight because this girl was just obsessed with M&Ms. So she brought her to a therapist, and the therapist said, take a pillowcase and fill it to the top with M&Ms and give it to her. And she's, the mother's horrified, like terrified. Like, how, how is this going to be conducive to my daughter's health? Like, how is this actually going to help her with her M&M problem? The therapist was like, trust me, give her a pillowcase, fill it to the top with M&Ms. If that pillowcase even gets slightly lower, you need to fill it back up to the top. That pillowcase needs to be filled with M&Ms at all times. So begrudgingly and nerve, you know, she was nervous about this. She gave the daughter the pillowcase and M&Ms and the daughter at first was like, okay, I need to hide this pillowcase so no one takes it away from me. I need to bring it everywhere I go. And so she did that. And without fail, her mom would fill up the pillowcase if it ever got below a certain level. So the M&Ms were just always available. They were ever flowing. And eventually 
she lost interest. She started leaving the pillowcase behind when she would go on day trips. She started forgetting about it altogether. She kind of got sick of M&Ms. Because she was allowed to have the thing in abundance, she didn't care about it anymore. And so when you take off the food labels of I can have this or I can't have this, you actually get access to the truth of do I even like this thing? Do I even want this right now? When you're allowed to have whatever whatever cookies, whatever cake, I don't know what you crave, whatever chips, like the thing that you think you're not allowed to have, when you put it, when you neutralize it and take it out of the I can't have this category and back into the this is allowed category, nothing is off limits category and I trust myself category, then you can take two bites and realize oh damn, this is actually really sweet. I don't think I like this. But you don't have access to that clarity if the thing is off limits. And the other thing about cravings, your cravings are intelligent. There are so many indicators of what your body needs through your cravings. And it comes down to self-trust. If you're craving sugar, for instance, You may need protein. You may need something more balancing. That's what I have heard when you are not giving yourself or when you're not giving yourself enough macronutrients. If you're not eating enough, you're going to crave super high calorie, quick fuel things. If you're not eating enough protein, enough carbohydrates, enough fats, if you're not feeding yourself like a grown ass woman, you're going to start craving fast acting carbs to satiate your body so that it can get what it needs. Your body takes a lot of fuel to run. So these low-calorie restrictive behaviors just make your body crave more because it also lowers your metabolism and makes your metabolism a little bit slower. And then when you start eating normally again because you can't handle the lower-calorie restriction area, like if you can't handle that lifestyle, which no one is designed to, then you're no longer equipped to process all of those calories. So a high metabolism, like a a well-running, smooth-running metabolism requires a lot of fuel. And especially if you're exercising, that's why lowering your calorie intake or your food intake when you're exercising is also a little bit tricky and it can throw your hormones for a loop. The female body requires a good amount of calories to to function optimally. Now, I don't want to get into like, I'm a dietitian and I'm going to give you these types of talks because that's not really what, that's not my expertise, but I can tell you that restriction equals binges or equals rebellious behavior. And I can tell you that making that food off limits only makes it sexier and makes you want more of it. And so instead of dieting, I want you to be curious about your cravings. If you're craving sugar, Are you tired? Are you stressed? Do you need to call a friend? Do you need to take a nap? Do you need to rest? Do you need to express yourself? What sweetness in life aren't you getting? Do you need to masturbate? Do you need to do something else that's like pleasurable? Maybe like book a massage or something? There are so many other things that you can do. The other thing is also maybe you just need a bite of something sweet. Maybe you need to have that piece of cake. Who cares? Who cares? Eat the cake. Not eating the cake is going to pain you more. There is a reality to not wanting the cake genuinely. And this is what I want to get into next. So other than your cravings being intelligent and you 
can start to trust your body. And then the, the next time you eat something sweet and you only have a bit of it, you build trust. When you have a couple bites of something and you're like, oh, you know what? I think that's enough. You start to build trust with yourself because we go on diets and we start doing restrictive behaviors because we don't have trust in ourselves. We think we need to be told what to eat, how much to eat. Your body knows exactly what to eat and how much to eat. When you're happy and you're elated and you're fired up and passionate and working on projects and like super psyched about your life, how much do you care about food? Like how much do you actually care about food? It's if you're bored to death and all you're thinking about is food, maybe you need something else more stimulating in your life. You need a project that fulfills you more, that brings more of your purpose through. So let's talk about what to do instead. We talked a little bit about intuitive eating. And when I say intuitive eating, I mean, okay, I'm really craving whatever it is. I really want that thing. Let yourself have that thing. Indulge in it. Put it on a beautiful plate. Sit down with no distractions. Eat it slowly. Savor every bite of it. You don't need to restrict it. You'll notice about halfway through it, okay, I'm kind of getting a sugar headache. I think I need some protein now. Like you, will, you will know when you tap into your body and you allow that natural expression of your femininity while you're eating, you'll know when you've had enough. Eat like a French girl. Enjoy whatever it is. It's like when people are on vacation, I, they don't, they don't um, have the same dietary issues. Like I've heard that when people are on vacation, sugar doesn't bother them as much. Gluten doesn't bother them as much. It's like, that's because the energy of what you're eating it is relaxation, is pleasure. So if you can bring pleasure into what you're eating versus, oh my God, I'm so bad, I'm not allowed to do this, that's a very different frequency of which you're consuming your food. I have a lot more to say about this, and I know this is a little bit out of order, but I'm a little new to recording these podcasts, and I don't want to judge the process. I want to just let them roll, and thank you for rolling with me, and I hope that this is in good information for you. So... The other major point is that no one has ever hated their body into a more beautiful expression. I do not feel that tough love is motivating or that feeling unhappy in your body is motivating. I feel that self-love is motivating. I don't know about you, but when I feel sexy, when I feel hot, I am more likely to work out. When I feel awful, it's really hard for me to motivate myself. When I don't feel good, when I feel like I've been eating like trash or I've been sleeping in and not getting enough rest, going to bed too late, when I have not been feeding myself nourishing foods, when I've not been taking care of myself or moving my body intentionally. And it's all, that's harder for me to get going. But when I'm in, when the flow of like, I feed myself properly because I love myself. I feed myself nourishing food because I love myself. I look good. Damn, I want to exercise and look even better. Self-love is motivating and it just takes inertia and building momentum in the right direction. So if you are having trouble getting started, throw out any clothes that make you feel like shit, jeans that are too tight, your goal clothes, whatever, get rid of them because they're going to drag you down. When you're wearing clothes that feel good on your body, that you feel comfortable in, your whole demeanor shifts. Again, I keep on talking about my program, 21 Days to High Vibe Beauty, but this is also one of the days. One of the lessons in that program is dressing yourself properly, 
to set yourself up for success around food, around how you treat yourself. Because when you're sitting there and your waistband is digging into you and you're uncomfortable in your clothing, how likely are you to stop when you're full? You're probably just going to keep on stuffing yourself and disassociating from your body. So wear comfortable clothes. Wear clothes that make you look fabulous and accentuate you versus trying to just squeeze and diminish you. So self-love is motivating. And I don't want to use the term self-hatred because that's a little extreme, but being all tough on yourself and like, God, I got to get my shit together. I got to get my ass in gear. That's not going to motivate you to take better care of yourself. That's not, that's like, like, I feel like people quit smoking when they decide that they deserve better. So instead of taking the tough love approach with yourself, maybe you take the selfish approach, the approach of, I deserve to eat foods that make me feel good. If I want a bite or two or three or four or five of X, Y, and Z, I can have it. I'm allowed to have it. It's not because I'm, I can't have it, but do I really want it? How does that make me feel? Does that make me feel nauseous or does that make me feel energized? So when you get selfish about how you want to feel and also seeing yourself as a divine, sexy goddess who's super badass and deserves the best. If you were like Cleopatra, if you just walked around like Cleopatra, how would she eat? That's part of embodying that, that highest expression of your beauty is feeding yourself like you love yourself, feeding yourself like a queen. Don't stand up at the counter and eat that cake. Sit down and put it on a beautiful plate, dress it up, set some music up, set the vibe, indulge it, and allow yourself to have pleasure in all forms. Allow your body to feel comfortable when you're eating and don't shame yourself. Don't shove it and hide it and shame yourself because you're sending the message to yourself that you don't deserve it and that you're bad. And sometimes you want to feel bad and maybe that's also something to explore. It's like why maybe you need a little more excitement in your life, a little more fun. Like food doesn't have to be the source of excitement and the source of rebellion. If you have something else that you want to act out, like maybe indulge that a little bit. And I can't emphasize enough the self-trust. I am so tired of people saying like, oh, I can't trust myself around food. It's like, well, of course you can. You know, you're an animal and you you are going to eat what your body needs. If you listen to yourself and you listen to your intuition of what you're craving, you can trust that. And the more great experiences you have around food, it's like every great experience you have is like a pearl on a string. And you eventually you have this beautiful necklace to drape around your gorgeous neck because you are listening to your body and you're tapping into yourself and you're building trust. There are a million people in the world you probably can't trust. You are not one of them. So I kind of dove into this whole thing without even giving you background or context. I grew up in a household where my mother had a lot of restriction around food, a lot of negative body talk, a lot of negative internal talk. God bless her. It's not her fault. I adore her. And we worked through food issues together. But dieting was always in the culture of my house my sister was always dieting and we were like tall big breasted women and that was just part of like always trying to minimize ourselves to fit into society and to like not take up space and thinner was always better and my father was also like 
kind of an overeater and then like an overexerciser. So food was just like a very f- like challenging topic in my house. Like I had no chance, no chance of not having an issue with food. And the older I got, it became like really prevalent as I started to develop and as I started to like become a woman and become curvaceous and my I was not like a like a twig friend I wasn't I you know and I was by no means overweight I'm just like I'm a full figured lady I'm a I have I have curves and I have heft to me and I don't mean that in a bad way like I don't I actually think I'm kind of a petite person with my frame but I'm curvaceous and I love that now and I took me so many years to really love that but I was always trying to be thinner because in my 20s, I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to um, be a model and I was like too short to be a model. But if I was like thin enough, then maybe I could like, you know, pull it off. And nowadays, like, God, I wish that there was like, well, I do and I don't. I kind of wish that there was Instagram like back in the day because I really only had like the Kate Moss as the um, the guiding light of what a woman should look like. And I feel like a lot of us who are my age are like very damaged from from the media of like gay men running fashion and not allowing women to have bodies and and even when you read model testimonials from that time it's just like horrific and now there are beautiful people represented in all shapes and sizes and isn't that in heights and ethnicities and it's all encouraged but back in the day it wasn't and I know like if you're listening to this you're probably like oh my god Kate Moss like she like ruined all of us but it wasn't her fault because she was also just naturally thin um I think but regardless of all that I I tried to always be thinner and so even at my thinnest I was trying to restrict myself restrict myself restrict myself I would at my very thinnest I was like trying to be smaller and tighter and I couldn't change the fact that I was five foot six and the fact that I was more curvaceous and I like I told you in the first episode of this podcast that I had a breast reduction when I was 16 is all part of the effort to minimize myself and to not be too um attention grabbing and it's funny it's like we want to be seen but we don't want to be seen at the same time it's it's such a complex challenging thing to be a woman and especially when you're very young so in my 20s I did a lot of restricting and uh, this came around a time that I found out something very challenging about my family dynamics and I'm not ready to share that yet but the there was something that really rocked me and something that I found um, very upsetting. And I literally remember the moment I started binging. Now I was never like a binger purger. Like I knew I really couldn't, um, I couldn't do that. Like, um, like I, I was not able to like over exercise or make myself throw up. Like I really like, like bulimia was like not for me. <laughs> and it's, um, it's a very serious issue. I'm not like making light of it, but like, I didn't do that. I just binged. Like I just binged. I did not purge. I just binged. So I would, after a period of hardcore restriction and I would have to imagine I had just gotten out of a very abusive relationship. I think that this was part of my attempt to control my body is, um, was this restriction So my body was like, fuck this. Are you serious? Like, we're going to like right this wrong because your body is always looking for balance and homeostasis. And so the binge has started. And the more you binge, it's like there's this hormonal cascade that happens. Like 
the more you eat, the hungrier you get. And like you start to disassociate from your hunger cues in general. And then, so when I was in my, so like 24 was probably the time, 22, I think it was like 22, yeah, 22 to like 25 were like the darkest food years of my life. I was just eating as much as possible. And then I was just hating myself over it. It was like such, I could even like feel the tears welling up. It was such a dark, dark time. And I packed on weight and I packed it on fast, fast and hard. And it was a huge fluctuation. And I think I was probably from my frame, I was up to like 180 at one point. And my natural weight is around like 130 to 145. Like that's like a fuck. I know it's a wide swing, but that's just like where I kind of fall naturally. Like I was 133 in high school. And then when I got married, I was like around the same weight. And I only know these weights from like landmarks, like general landmarks in my life. I'm not like a let me weigh myself every day person because I don't recommend that. That's like a little crazy. But I was, what I'm trying to tell you is that I was in the depths of my overeating and just feeling really sick all the time and just feeling like this, there's no, there's no black cloud, like compulsive eating. There's, there's just that I've experienced. It's like, it's just like you're walking around in a fog. And I think that that's therapeutically what I needed. I think I was just like recovering and healing and disassociating. And then I started to date and I kind of like, really fell for someone really hard and through being in love well love I was not in love but I was like you know very into this person I um I dropped a lot of weight because I forgot about food I was like I replaced it with this person I was like I totally replaced the food with the interest in this person and so the weight just kind of came off because it was just from my excess it wasn't really like it wasn't like a natural state of being it started to come off Then this person broke up with me and it was kind of random. And then I can't remember which person came first, but there's two guys that I dated during this period when I was like a hot fucking mess. And it was like, I dropped all this weight because I was just like, like in the zone. And then I, um, once he broke up with me for no reason that apparent to me, I'm sure there's plenty of reasons. I was definitely not ready to be in any kind of serious relationship with this person, but I gained it all back because I started binging again. It was like, not all of it, but like a lot of it. So it's like food was what I turned to every time there was like a rupture in my life. Whenever there felt like something was gonna break apart, food was what food was there for me to abuse myself with. And I wasn't trying to abuse myself. Here's the kicker. We're not trying to hurt ourselves. We're trying to soothe ourselves because we are wounded animals who need comfort, who need safety, who need love. That's why beating yourself into submission around eating or exercising is never going to work and it's not going to work long term. Even if you do achieve your dream body through beating yourself into submission, you can't hold it because you know deep down subconsciously that's not the way you want to live. That's not what you deserve. Okay, fast forward, eventually I started to heal my relationship to myself, started to do the inner work, do the therapy, 
do the different things that I needed to do to allow myself also to take up space and to be my natural weight and to be my natural size and to tap into my body and get some body awareness. What do I want right now? What do I need right now? I read books. I read um, When Food is Love by Janine Roth. I read um, an audiobook, um, Women, Food, and God. I read um, Intuitive Eating. There's all these, God, I can't remember. If I remember the the other books, I will put them in the show notes, I promise. Um, There are so many, um, so many different, I I read a book by Crystal Wren and she was a model, is a model. I don't know what she's doing these days. And she was really the first like plus size model to make waves about how bad the industry was for her in terms of trying to like eat as little as possible and then she was like ill and just like hair falling out and no sex drive. And like, you know, it just like, it just destroys the body so much to restrict at this level. And she came out about like when she started eating and started nourishing herself, her career took off. She started, she fell in love. Her whole, she was like a trailblazer. Everything changed for her when she honored herself and showed up for herself and embraced her natural size. So doing a lot of this healing work is when I started to finally tap into what my natural body wanted, what kind of movement I wanted, what kind of food I wanted, how much of it, and I started to lose the weight, but I wasn't obsessed with it. I just let it naturally fall, and it took me probably a couple years to equalize, but my weight just went from like, you know, 170, 60, 50, 40. It just kind of naturally took time. It wasn't a quick overnight thing. It moved down into a natural homeostatic zone and that's where I live now and no matter what I eat no matter how I act that's kind of where I live now I'm 36 and I'm noticing my body composition is changing a little bit so out of love I've started to work out a little harder in terms of okay I want to build muscle I want to feel strong I don't want to eat that because I feel like shit and you know what I deserve to feel great doesn't mean I don't eat shit sometimes. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it <laughs> doesn't mean I don't eat like things that aren't great for me sometimes. Doesn't mean that uh, I don't have long, lazy bouts or around my period in particular, I need to relax. I need to rest. My body needs to rejuvenate. So it's all about self-honoring, self-love and not beating yourself into submission and working out just because you said you're going to. Well, maybe there's something that's more gentle that you need right now because you're menstruating. Maybe it's more of a going for a walk situation or just doing some yoga or some stretching. It's all about embodiment and not vacating your body and leaving your body just because you said you were going to. Let's honor our female hormones and honor honor our cycles and what we need at any given time and not plow through and be boot camp tough love style. But there is a way to show up for yourself, to build confidence, to work on your body and to do it from a loving, selfish place and not a place of I'm not good enough because the place of I'm not good enough is never going to get you where you want to be, especially if you're doing it for somebody else. If you're doing it for somebody else, you need new friends or you need someone. And I also told people to like, don't comment on my weight. Like, don't compliment me when I look thin. Don't compliment me like, like don't compliment me on my weight. And now I'm not sensitive about it these days anymore because I'm so far from it. And I feel like I have so much trust with myself. And just from working out a little harder recently, like for the last couple of weeks, 
I'm already seeing such a change. And I'm like, how brilliant is my body that I can build muscle and have so much more of an equal relationship with food just because my cravings are balanced more because I can tell what my body really wants. I want things that are more uh, nutrient dense. I'm not leaning towards the lazier things that are maybe not as good for me. So anyway, that's what I want to share with you today. If you're having any kind of issue around food, I get it. I see you. I feel you. I know it's hard. I've been there. And there is a road for you to follow that is luscious and loving and feels good and you deserve to feel sexy you deserve to feel hot you deserve to feel beautiful so dress yourself up take care of yourself and eat from a place of self-love and not self-denial or self-hatred or restriction because that's that's not going to set you up for a long-term beautiful relationship with food and neither is dieting and fluctuating your weight and whacking out your hormones because your body is just seeking homeostasis and if you go into restriction mode you're going to pay for it. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I love you so much. If you love this episode, please, please, please share with a friend. Please give me five stars or a review. I would love to hear from you also. Your feedback means the world to me and this connection with you means the world to me. I am sharing the deepest stuff with you and I am going to tell all. And if you want to hear something specific about if you want to if you have a suggestion for an episode and you want to learn more about something that I do or my feedback on something please dm me on instagram I would love to hear from you okay thank you so much till next time bye